Hello everyone. This is a disclaimer before the podcast episode does begin. This was recorded prior to the Bills-Bengals game, prior to what was an awful incident on the field involving DeMar Hamlin. We're just sending our thoughts with his family, with his teammates, to everyone involved in that game last night and wishing him a speedy recovery and just hoping he can make it through. Across the Pod NFL podcast. With just one week left, we are here to review the penultimate week of NFL action as week 17 draws to a close tonight. I'm your host, Andy, and I'm this week joined by a returning guest, a guy who's been on many times before, you well known from the Hair Dry Treatment podcast. We're here with Steve. How are you? Uh, miserable. <laughs> oh, I know. It's, it wasn't the, best, wasn't the best result for you guys, but... At least you guys are actually in the playoffs, whereas, you know, with my team, it was anything, it's anything but secure a place in the playoffs. Yeah, but I mean, when you lose and lose to a team who, even though they've beat you, still get knocked out of the playoff picture, <laughs> it just feels rubbish. And how is your um, Christmas overall? Uh, it's been wrecked. I had a virus uh, up just before Christmas. Christmas Eve, uh, and I spent Christmas Day and the following six days in bed. Uh, literally, I've been up and about yesterday and today. So, and of course, luckily me for me, I'm going back to work tomorrow. Oh, so great. yeah, didn't have much of a holiday period. My family came across, my brother came across from the states. Um, you know, he's here for like a week, ten days nearly, with his wife and his his, his kid, and I think I saw them twice. Oh so, no! Oh yeah. I mean, I was a little bit ill myself, but. To have your brother, who obviously we all know lives in America, to, to not be able to see him that much, that must be tough. Yeah. That must be tough. It is, it, it's, you know, and I won't see him again for years. He won't be back for years. I won't be out there for years. I had hopes to maybe get out there, not next year, but the year after. Um, But it's not looking, yeah, it, it is what it is. Anyway, we came about, we didn't come across to talk about my, my personal life. We came about <laughs> to talk about how badly my team played yesterday. Yeah, of course, it was a, it was a weird week. Um, there was a lot of games that you know, it's it was a weird one. It really, really started off on Thursday night. A weird game between the Cowboys and the Titans. A one that really was like a felt like a preseason game because a lot of Titans players were out, in, were out, just rested or injured. But they did lose twenty seven thirteen to the Dallas Cowboys, uh, who still got a fighting chance of winning the NFC thanks to the Philadelphia Eagles. Look, it was of course. If you don't know, it's Steve's team who lost 20 points to 10 to the New Orleans Saints, who did, as Steve alluded to, be eliminated from the playoff contention, whereas the Eagles, of course, they still have the number one overall seed, but they're edging closer towards not being that the case. Um, so in terms of that game, the Saints-Eagles game, Steve, 
What, what was your take on how that went and how just the last two weeks have gone for your team? Well, I mean, the, the first thing, and the thing is obvious to anyone watching, is the way this offense was built this year was built around um, Gion Hurst. Uh, built around him having that kind of, you know, that that surge that you expect from a rookie in the second or third year, which he's absolutely having. Um, and without him, with just a flat pocket passer, there just doesn't seem to be a lot of ideas. Um, the run game became a bit too obvious. Um, when we did get it working, it was great, but for the most part, the Saints just, you know, blocked it up. And, and last week, um, exactly the same. With Hurts, there's more, um, you keep the defence guessing as to where we're going to run it. Are we going to go up the middle? Are we going to go around the sides? You know, is Hurts going to keep it for a, a, a wonder himself? Is Hurts going to launch it 40 yards to A.G. Brown? Now, with Minshew, Minshew's not as mobile. That's not his game. You can sit a little deeper in the secondary because he's got, He's a bit of a gunslinger. He doesn't like to play his short, safe passes. He's got to launch it. He's got to sort of get the arm behind it. And I think that's um, I think that's been our problem. I think Hurts is back next week, and I think we'll see a completely different Eagles team. Um, and I, I ponder from yesterday what the problem was on defense because we have a decent secondary. Um, it can occasionally get shown up a little bit uh, against the Cowboys. I think they played a little bit too soft and they got run over. Um, but our pass rush is excellent. I don't think there's a, uh, a game this season where we've had less than four or five sacks. We, we just we get to the quarterback and we get there every time. Wow. It, it was offensively that was a problem this week. Absolutely. Wasn't a problem the previous week, but again, you know, and this is, I want to say no disrespect to the Saints, uh, they do have a better defence than the Cowboys. The Cowboys had this defence that we spent the first six weeks of the league going, they're amazing, look at the pass rush, look at the coverage. And then for the next six weeks, we went, oh, they're getting picked apart. There are so many holes in there. People just adapted, people just learned. Uh, the routes get changed, and suddenly they were getting beaten by teams like Jacksonville. So I say that, having just lost to the Saints. Uh, so no, if we have no run game, like we had yesterday, we have no game. Because there's no, if you don't have a basic one game, any team in the NFL, then you you basically you make yourself one dimensional. Uh, without Hurts, we are quite one dimensional. We are like throw the long ball to AJ Brown, or try and dump it off short to Devonta Smith. Devonta Smith had a great game. AJ Brown did what AJ Brown does, but there just there was nothing from the rest of the supporting cast. I think Goddard was kept quite quiet. Miles Sanders, when he did get free, you know maybe. He maybe was a bit bottled up. Um, but it's a bad week. I'm sure the guys will just go home. They'll sit there, you know, kick the dog, whatever it is, come back next week, and they'll be like, right, it's the last game of the season, the number one seed on the line. The Giants are here. There's divisional hatred there, which you know goes back decades. And I think we'll see a better team performance next week. Does that concern you a little bit? The fact that how one-dimensional it has seemed in recent weeks um, and the fact that is there a risk that potentially all your rushing Jalen Hurts back? Is that a worry for you going into the playoffs? Uh, only, um, we, I mean, Hurts could have gone this week. Uh, I think Sirianni's already said that and said he practiced during the week. He could have played, um, but it was one of those that we didn't want to rush him. 
He wants them to come back. You know, if he did have to come back before the playoffs, he wants them to be able to come back. You know, in the last week, but he's had enough couple of extra days to to get that shoulder one hundred percent. I think Sirianni said that he's he's seen him throwing in practice. It doesn't look like he's wincing on it. It's like his arm strength's back to where it should be. His mobility, we all know, is is unaffected. So I don't think there's too much of a problem with that. And I think coming back next week is is a good idea because it'll give him an extra week that you know wild card weekend just sit out, recover, get himself back. Um I don't think if we brought him back this week, I don't think it would be a good idea. And especially there was the risk when he wasn't hundred percent of him coming in, getting a, taking a couple of hits and then being out for the playoffs. And I think yesterday especially showed we will need him in the playoffs. Yeah, I agree completely. I think, yeah, I think big that... concern for yesterday, big concern for yesterday was Josh Witt. Um I losing one of your key pass rushers uh, any kind of the season is is bad. And I'm hoping, I haven't seen the diagnosis on it, but I'm hoping that's not a serious one. Just going to look into it now. So, Josh Wett, um, he says he's back this season. He's released from hospital. This is 22 hours ago. Um, yeah, I no real clear indication from what I'm seeing online, one way or the other. It seems very early days. Of course, it's, it's only a Monday as we're recording this podcast, so it's still, you know, many days left before we um probably find out truly whether he is going to play. I, I I think he may or not play this week. Just similar to Hurts to have him ready for the playoffs because you know. I think that looking at the week 18 fixtures, looking at the 49ers, who are the biggest threat to that number one seed, uh, they play the Cardinals. So they're, they're probably going to win that game. So, if, I mean, it may be a case where if you're struggling, you'll bring him on to try and fix a job. But otherwise, I, I think you'll rest him going into that to the wild card. Or maybe even divisional round if you get that number one overall seed and get the bye. Um Heading into Sunday's games, um, Arizona Cardinals uh, did narrowly lose to the Atlanta Falcons 20 points to 19 with young Q getting a last-second field goal to win it. The Denver Broncos, um, they lost to the Chiefs narrowly once again, 27-24. Uh, um, the New York Giants confirmed their playoff spot with a 38-10 to win over the Indianapolis Colts. We were hoping to have a Luke here because the Bears, his team, did lose 10 uh, by 10 by 41 points to 10 and that's really what I want to go into next because um, you know we mentioned the Lions before the season started the fact that I had them down as a wildcard team you can I mean many like yourself thought that was crazy but going into one week left and as it stands um, due to the the Packers win over the Vikings a 41-17 win it means and the Seahawks win over the Jets which was 23 points to six, which eliminated the Jets from playoff contention. That means that at the end of it, you've got the Lions, Seahawks, and the Packers all on eight, eight and eight records going into the final week, which does include the Lions and Packers facing off against each other. Um, so, yeah, we, we, want, we wanted Luke here to go through the Bears' woes, but because of illness, Luke isn't here. But we still have Steve. Um, now, in terms of that, the Packers got a very impressive win. The Lions also did the same. And the Seahawks did what they needed to do against the Jets. I mean, out of those three teams, who would you have, Steve, as the team you think is going to progress and make that final wildcard spot? Um, this is an odd one because 
Personally, I really don't want to see the Packers in the playoffs this season. Their Rogers' conduct previous to, to before the start of the season and what he's done to the team since then has been horrific. Um, I don't. My my problem with the, the Packers is you see that like, the Packers beat the Vikings yesterday. The Packers didn't. The Packers defense beat the Vikings yesterday because the Packers on offense were the usual terrible self they've been all season, and they're getting carried by this defense. Rogers is being dragged along. Um, and when the, what the Packers win, it's because they engage their run game. Um, AJ Perb, um, and, and they just they they have a little bit of depth at run running back, which they haven't had in previous seasons, or rather, they haven't had fit in previous seasons. Uh, Christian Watson has been surprisingly good. I know we talked after a couple of weeks, and I might have slated him because he had a massive case of the drops the first two weeks. Um, I remember his very first pass in his first game from Rodgers. He was wide open. Rodgers put it on a plate and he just let it drop through the floor. And I just went, Rodgers is going to hate that kid. Um, but Rodgers persevered and they did develop a connection eventually. But um, I think my heart really wants the Lions to make it because that is such an entertaining team to see. You do not know if they're going to show up and score 40 points or concede 40 points. You just don't know. They're like, that offense is electric. Um, Jamal Williams has the most touchdowns of any player in the in the league this year. Um, you know, DeAndre Swift is a great one-two punch with him. Uh, Amon Amon Rasen Brown has just developed to probably one of the top five receivers in the league this year. Maybe you know when when Jared Goff is throwing to you and you're that good, then you have to put a lot of credit on the guy. Um, in fact, to be honest, the NFC North has two of probably the top five receivers in the league this year in Jefferson and uh, and Rasson Brown. So, but there's the Seahawks, who we all completely wrote off at the start of the season when they traded away Wilson and they traded away Bobby Wagner and they basically went full rebuild. And yet, in a season where they've gone full rebuild and where they now have a shed load of picks, they're 8 8. They could make the wild card. Um, regardless of the outcome of the game next week, this is a successful season for the Seahawks because in a rebuild season, they've managed to to win eight games. Um, if the Lions were to lose, I don't know. It's the Lions-Packers next week. I really, really want the Lions to win it, but my gut tells me this is the Packers. They're on that little comeback trail. Um, they had, I think it was like four weeks ago. Uh, I don't know if anyone follows him. Tom Grossi, great YouTuber, oh. a massive Packers fan. Uh, and Tom is always on about how, you know, we still have a path to the playoffs. Uh, we basically need to win out. And he sat and he went through all the things that were required for the Packers to win the playoff, get to the playoffs. And almost every single one of them has happened so far. So there's just, it's written in the stars. The Packers have to get themselves into the wild card so that they can lose, this, lose to the Niners in the playoffs. It's what happens. It's just, <laughs> it's the way of things. Uh, let's not upset the natural order. But yes, for me, Packers are going to get it. I would like to see the Lions get it. And I think the Seahawks don't need it. I think they've had a successful season regardless. So, Yeah, I actually think the Seahawks do it. Not because I think because they're playing the Rams, who have been really, really bad this year. Whereas Sergeant Rams, though. Uh, it's just. Baker has been on fire. <laughs> yeah, but they're, they're, they're going to win this game. I think they lost against the Chargers. Which took place on Sunday, the thirty-one to ten loss. I, I think that showed that maybe it was just um, sort of 
honeymoon period for the Rams, Baker Mayfield. I think, but I think the showed was that um, Austin Eckler is terrifying. Oh, unbelievable! Uh, and Austin Eckler is—I don't care who you are uh, or who you're playing against. Austin Eckler is terrifying. It's like right, we can shut him down in the run game. Damn it, he's one of the best pass catchers as well. You yeah. just—he is the absolute perfect dual threat running back. Um, I don't know which contract is, but it should be twice as much as whatever he's, he's on right now because he has carried that team on. The problem they have is a wide receiver where you've got Keenan Allen, who's been in and out with injuries this season, and Mike Williams, who's also in and out. But both are suddenly fit, and Echo's fit, and Higby's playing. Or, is it Higby's playing a tight end for them this year? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and and he's just giving Herbert weapons all over the place, and Herbert is a good young quarterback. Oh, sorry, um, no, Gerald Everett, ignore me. Gerald Everett, yeah. I know because Higby and Everett were the, the one two at the Rams for a while. Um, but he just, they just, all their weapons are coming fit at the right time. Um, they invested heavily in the defense in summer, and that's paid off. Although, apart, have, have you seen Derwin James' ejection yet? Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, <laughs> that, there's committed and there's, yeah. So, yeah, but I mean, those players, I mean, Derwin James had a good season, um, you know, and the, their defense had a good season. So they're in the playoffs on merit. Uh, do they get beyond the wild card round? It depends who they play. Um, well, at the moment, looking at as it stands, I mean they're currently the the fifth the, the, the fifth seed. So they'll be playing at the moment. Whoever wins that division out of the Jags and the Titans, and I think whoever so, beats them. So basically, they're going to win in the wild card. Yeah, and they'll play most likely unless somehow the Dolphins Patriots. All the Ravens, of course, surprise. They'll probably play whoever gets top seed. So that'll be the Chiefs or the Bills, and that'll me. That for me will be where they their journey ends because I think as good as their team is, and offensively especially, um, I just think that the Bills and Chiefs are just too strong, or even the Bengals Listen, are too strong. Give, give me a Chargers versus Chiefs playoff game. That will be a shootout. I will love to watch it as a neutral. That will be thirty-five points each on the board. No question. Do you reckon our I think the Chiefs absolutely destroy them? I think the Chiefs have got the playoff no. experience. They've just they've got I mean, they both yeah, have very electric offenses, but I just think that yeah. it's, it's the Chargers. They are the Chargers and they are the, the Kings. charge things up, yeah. Kings of the choke, well, yeah. What, what I'll say on this is I sat and obviously I watch Red Zone with friends of mine every weekend. And I sat and I watched Red Zone whilst we had the Broncos game on in the corner, because obviously the guy whose house we're going to watch it in, big Broncos fan, right? That Chiefs team did not look good against the Broncos. Mm. And that was a Broncos team that spunked 55 points the previous week to the Rams. Okay, um, That Broncos defence held up. That Broncos offence picked holes in the Chiefs' D. And I said at the start of the season that offensively, I didn't think uh, Mahomes had the weapons he needed. Uh, and defensively, the Chiefs have always been suspect for me. Uh, so I think come playoff season, they are very, very beatable. I think there's just something about the Chiefs that, yeah, they have a playoff experience, but and you you never rule out any team that has Mahomes and Kels, Kels, Kelsey, whatever. Um, but that's a beatable team. Yeah, uh, there's no team I look at in the AFC and say they're unbeatable. Even the Bills, the Bills have had the the wobbles this season. Um, they got turned over in Miami. Uh, they then beat the Chiefs. If if the two other losses which haven't in both of which they haven't looked spectacular. And for the Bills to be 
spot on. The Bills need to have the run game going. They need to have both Moss and uh, Singletary firing on all cylinders so they can take the pressure off Josh Allen in terms of the, the move behind the, the line. And that hasn't happened every game this season. And that's the two best teams in the AFC. Uh, defensively, the Bills are much, much better team than the Chiefs. Offensively, probably on a par. But the Chargers offensively, if Eckler gets going and you have James and Allen, they're scary. They're scary. I will say about the Chiefs, they have looked poor recently, but that is after the division got wrapped up. So they wrapped it up on the on the 18th of December. And you know, they I think I think the Chiefs, you know, I think there's an element that they maybe got complacent because they have won a division yet again very easily. But I think, you know, come the playoff time, I, I think they'll find a way. Uh, but we will move on to other games that went on on Sunday. Um, I'm trying to hold off the Dolphins game as long as possible. But it's oh, getting... no, let's talk about the Dolphins game next. We have, we're in the FC. Let's talk about the Dolphins game, shall we? we Andy, will... so what, what did you think uh, of the, the, the Dolphins' performance yesterday in that game against the Patriots? I mean, first of all, shout out to Sean. I know he he listens to his podcast regularly, and he's a big Patriots fan. So, um, I know he texted me yesterday, full of joy. Now, I think <laughs> how how can we go from being eight and three, second seed in the AFC, to being out of the playoffs with one game left? And it's just, it, I can't escape because the last year, well, we were on the same record this time last year was Brian Flores. Our defense has turned to absolute crap. It's it's just been an absolute disaster, and I think Mike McDaniel deserves a lot of the blame for this. I mean, I will say, you know, we've had the injury problems. Two has been out, and Teddy Bridgewater comes in. He gets injured as well, and Scarlett Thompson, who was terrible until the final drive, by the way. But even so, I think Mike McDaniel, some of the play calling, I mean, every game he abandons the run in the fourth quarter, it seems. I mean... I'll never get over that Bills game. We should have won that game. He just seemed to abandon a run there, abandon a run against the Packers. And he's done the same again in this game. And it uh, it's a tough watch because it all, the rest of the game, all obviously there. They won by 23 points, 21. Jason Sanders missed a very kickable field goal. That would have won us the game anyway. And yeah, I think obviously the main thing in that game was that um, pick six by Teddy Bridgewater, which of course was his last involvement in the game. And I think it's just it's just all gone wrong. It's all gone wrong for us. I mean, I went into that game against the 49ers. That first play of the game where we scored was a Trent Sherfield, the very first play of the game. It looked like, you know, that we were going to seal the playoffs there and there. But since then, it's just been terrible. And Tyre Kill wasn't even involved that much, same as Jalen Waddle in the last game. And I'm looking at... It's just we've hit form at a completely wrong time. And it is really worrying because... For me, just making it is good enough for me because I've only seen us play one game in the playoffs in my 10 years or so supporting a team. But if we get to the playoffs, what's going to happen? We're going to play against the Chiefs and lose by 50 points. Is, it, is, that, is that what's going to happen? Because our, our pass defence is, is actually... Our run defence is actually right, but our, our pass defence is awful. We just, we, every game we can guarantee we're going to allow this big play. Every game it happens, and it's really frustrating because... We 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 had the Packers game one. We had the we we should have beaten the Bills, and we had this Patriots game seemingly locked up. So it's just every game seems to be a collapse at the moment, and I think it's just really worrying going forward into next season as well. I think what what gets me about the Dolphins is, and it, it, you've said, had it on the head there. Um, you're guaranteed to give up that one big passing play every every game, and 
Hey, Burnley, because you've got Xavier Howard there in the in secondary, who I reckon is probably one of the top five corners in the league. Now, I get, obviously, he's going to cover one side and that leaves our side open, but you would think when you've got someone of that quality that you can get people around him. Maybe not as good, but, you know, that can prevent that kind of big play. The other thing is, I do not know what's happened to Miami's run defence. Uh, when you played the Bills early in the season, the Bills are one of the most mobile, you know, run-heavy uh, offences in the league. And you almost completely shut them out. It looked great. I thought this is this is a team that can go out and do things, and now you just can't stop the run. You mm. just cannot stop teams that and teams who don't have great running games. I mean, the Patriots traditionally they're a run first team, fantastic. But some of the defeats you've had this season against teams who their run game is very suspect, and yet you just haven't shut them down. You haven't just got that kind of four free engage, and and just I, I don't understand. The defensive play calling, not necessarily offensive play calling. You talk there about the fourth quarter, uh, McDaniel was attempting to abandon the run defense, the run, the running go for passing. That's understandable because a lot of the time recently you've been behind in the fourth quarter, and that's just you know that's the playbook. It's like you're behind, you start passing more than run, but you can't just abandon it entirely. And you're right on that, and that is unfortunately what McDaniel does. He just goes, no, no, we can't afford to try run them. You know we need to get big chunk plays every time. And the, the league doesn't work like that. If that, especially in tight games, if you go chunk, 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 then you'll just end up playing against teams that just play constant coverage and ignore your run game. Um, and if you haven't got a mobile quarterback, and without two, you haven't got a mobile quarterback, you're dead. You're dead in the water. If you try to take that mentality into the playoffs, you're going nowhere. Oh, we are. If, we are, if we get to the playoffs, we're absolutely losing in the first round. Unless by some miracle we we get through and somehow have a have a good day and everything clicks. I mean, it's um. I mean, what well, I just didn't get it completely watching that game on Sunday. I mean, it, I didn't get completely how we were doing. I thought we were doing okay on the one game, and then we bought in off this guard Thompson comes in, and I remember there was one drive where I swear every play was a pass, and the same thing happened against the, the Bills. Every play was a pass, and. Oh, the 49ers as well was, was like that as well. And it's just, we you mentioned it before, that like you have to, have to have to have a good run game in order to be successful. And right now, it's just, we're looking like a team where if we don't get balls to Hill and Waddle and we those two get marked out of the game, we just completely crumble and we have nothing else to do. And I think that with Daniel, if he's a first-year head coach, he'll get a lot of um, layoffs and a lot of um, people will let him off because it's, it's his first year being head coach. But if this stuff happens again next year and the year afterwards, I'm sorry, he's on the hot seat completely um, because, yeah, it seems awfully one-dimensional and it seems, you know, quite a naive head coach at the moment. Um, but in terms of the you know, final game, doesn't really change too much. You know, as long as the Bills win against the Patriots, if we beat the Jets, then we're in. But I've been saying the last three weeks now, as long as we beat this team, we'll get through. We didn't beat the Packers, we didn't beat the Patriots, and the Jets were the favourite on paper. But you know, we were the favourite on paper against the Packers and the Patriots, and we lost both those games. So I've got no confidence at all that we're going to win this last game. And I've got a bad. I think again, it's going to be another one of those seasons where we just think, what if? Um, and I, I still think we should have kept Flores. I really do because our defense is completely gone to shit basically since Flores left. Josh Boyer, we thought he was, you know, he was the anti defensive coordinator, but he's proved that all his success the first two years was down to Flores and he's not, for me, excelled like we all thought he would um before the season started. Um other games on Sunday. Uh, final point on the Miami game. So two two things that struck me from that game yesterday, yeah. One, 
Gasicki got a touchdown, yeah? When was the last time he had a touchdown? Oh, I mean, I, I, I dread to think. I mean, that's one thing I, I that's lost. That's badly used he has been this season. Oh, it's, 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 it's been terrible, but he's no secret. He's my favourite player. And well, whenever he gets the ball, he, he does something. I mean, you remember the Ravens game where he had that great touchdown where he used his he's hand. He's playmakers, yeah? Yeah, he is. He's our, he's our third best playmaker. I mean, obviously, Hill and Waddle are the, are the main two. But who else have we got? we got Trent Sherfield, who has only had a, a tiny few moments of success. And who else have we got, really? And I don't see why. Well, well we're not, not using him. Going to what you said, though, about the run game, this is where I don't get it, because you have in Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson two very, very viable running runbacks <clears throat> who would fit into any other top 10 offense in the league. Um, and yet, you know, the, I mean, they're both running backs who are they're not just good kind of behind the line. We talked earlier about Eckler being that amazing dual threat. Wilson and Mostert, they're no slouches. You know, they're good behind the line. They're good in front of the line. You know, get the ball to them. We talked about what I said earlier about how Gaziki being a playmaker. Mm. You have playmakers on that team, but there's too much of a narrow focus on the Waddle and Hill thing. Uh, and over the course of the season, teams have just adapted to it. The thing with the league is you can get off to a hot start, but to make the playoffs, you need momentum. I need momentum from week 10 onwards. And if what happens is from week 10 onwards, what you've done in the first 10, first 10 weeks gets worked out and you don't have an alternative, then you start to struggle. That's where Miami are right now. And if I have to be entirely honest, you won't beat the Jets next week. No, I agree. I've, I've I've lost faith completely. I, I don't think I think we're completely in a rut. We got the. I mean, I will say the injuries have been pretty bad. We, our current injury report has Teron Armstead, Bradley Chubb, Eric Fisher, Melvin Ingram, Raheem Mostert, Tua, Jaden Phillips, Eric Rowe, Teddy Bridgewater, Xavier Howard. I can't even find Byron Jones on here. I don't know where he's been injured as well. So I will. That's my only thing I will say is that injuries have been a massive thing, but. Every team has injuries, and um, going back to Kaziki last, I think he's proved that he's not a blocking tight end. But I think mm. you can have him as, as, a, as your third choice receiver. Has him that in the slot, I think he can do he can do great things. And I think it's a real shame that I think he will go in the summer, probably through free agency. So other games that took place on the Sunday, the Tampa Buccaneers secured another NFC South division title after a comeback win over the Carolina Panthers. They won by thirty points to twenty four. The Commanders were eliminated from contention for their wildcard spot with a 24-10 loss to the Cleveland Browns. The Jacksonville Jaguars won by 31 points to three over the two-win Houston Texans. The, uh, the Los Angeles Chargers beat the Los Angeles Rams 31-10 in a uh, battle for Los Angeles. Uh, Sunday Night Football saw the Pittsburgh Steelers beat the Baltimore Ravens 16-13 with some late Kenny Pickett magic once again. But, and obviously tonight is Bengals-Bills. But our final game we're going to discuss is the game involving the 49ers and the Raiders, which went to overtime as the 49ers won this game by 37 points to 34. Um, a brilliant performance from Jared Stittum, considering that he was brought in for bench Derek Carr, whereas the 49ers win again. And I want to say that seven in a row, eight in a row they've got now. They are looking the real deal, aren't they, Steve? Yeah, they're terrifying. Um, I someone asked me about this three, four weeks ago when we were talking about you know who the Eagles going to get this seed, that seed. I says, who do you want to play in the playoffs? And I was like, I want to play everybody except the Niners. Um, and it's not just how they're doing offensively. Offensively, they're superb, but defensively, they're scary. I mean, that secondary is solid. 
That pass rush is excellent. Their run blocking has been superb. Um, full credit to the Raiders who put up 34 points last night. Uh, Stidham's stats looked like they looked at Brady's stats. They were superb. Um, I don't want to say the crazy's got it right in benching car for Stidham, but Stidham got an opportunity and he took full advantage of it. That was a really, really good performance. It didn't look like a second stringer performance. That looked like a guy who'd been doing it for a long time. Um, and again, as a neutral, really fun game to watch. Just went back and forth, back and forth. Didn't know what was going to go anywhere. He's already developed quite a good connection with, uh, with uh, Devontae Adams, which bodes well for the future. Uh, I don't know what they're going to do about Josh Jacobs, because obviously they decided not to take up the option on his contract, so he will be a free agent in the summer. Uh, and his response to that was to put, that, put in probably the best season of his career. So let's see where that goes. But the Niners, again, adding CMC gave them a lot more penetration on the run game that they didn't have before. Uh, as mentioned earlier, Austin Eckler just being scary. CMC on his day is scary. Um, I, actually, if I had to ask, I'd probably say Eckler is the better back right now. But CMC is scary. He adds depth. Uh, in Kittle, they have one of the top three in the league. Um, unfortunately, with Debo Samuel being injured, we don't get to see the full effect of the, the wideouts there. Brandon Ayuk's been a, a serviceable replacement. But I do think to, to really... To be Super Bowl winners, they need to get either Samuel back fit or maybe, you know, go and find someone who isn't currently signed to any of the teams and say, uh, do you want to come in for a couple of games? Maybe, you know, someone in the with OBJ. Mm. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm not against that. I mean, I think Ajax's been brilliant. I think Kittle almost has regained, has sort of shown the world once again that he can actually catch a ball. I think a lot of times... For his own sort of what his own self source and selfishness, I think he does sacrifice himself a lot and goes down the more blocking route. But I think in recent weeks, him and Brock Purdy have really developed a good relationship, and I think he's showing everyone that he can actually catch the ball and, and make plays. And I think with him there, I think Ayuk's been brilliant. I think McCaffrey for me, I think he has to become back player of the year. I think, but so Saquon Barkley is a close second, but I think, um, I think overall McCaffrey's just been basically almost like the old McCaffrey. They have him there. Obviously, we've shown how not to use the second or third string quarterback. The 49ers are showing how to use the third or second string quarterback. Brock Purdy's been brilliant. And that defence, their pass defence actually isn't as good as everyone thinks, but their run defence and the amount of points they're allowing and yards per game they're allowing is is really good. And they're one of the best teams in the league for that. They've won nine in a row. I do think that I think they're. T- I think the other team to beat the NFC. I think the Eagles have shown inconsistency, but that is down to having no Jalen Hurts. I think when they're back, I think if it's not an Eagles 49ers NFC Championship game, I'll be shocked. I think the Cowboys are dark outside shout for that, but I think for me, Eagles and 49ers are by far the best two teams in this conference, and I think that. I think Shanahan, if he isn't already one of the best coaches in the league, I think he showed it this season. He's doing a tremendous job. And I think the 49ers are a real scary team. And I think Nick Bosa, for me, is the defensive player of the year. I think he's got something like 16, 17 sacks this year. He's been absolutely fantastic. And, um, and yeah, you must be worried when you play the 49ers coming up. But when you eventually play them, as it seems you're going to, eventually in the in the playoffs. Um, I'm going to now. Bosa uh, has been superb. I, I love Bosa. I love both the Bosa brothers. I think they're just incredible uh, players. Um, I am going to kind of not take issue with it. I'm going to give you alternatives. Um, when it comes to defensive player of the year, um, the two rookies who have taken the first first three, 
Thibodeau at uh, the Giants and Aidan Lawrence, Aidan Hutchinson, sorry, at the Lions. Um, those two, not sh- they just shouldn't be like defensive rookie of the year. They should, they are should be in contention for defensive player of the year. Um, especially I, I think uh, Aidan Hutchinson at Lions, who we talked earlier about how the Lions offense is like firing on all cylinders. That defense, when I mean, he is almost unstoppable uh, as an edge rusher. He just, he, he's just terrifying. Um, you know, and he's one of those reasons why they've turned it around this year. Uh, weirdly, uh, here's a question for you, yeah? Because mm-hmm. obviously Dan Campbell used to coach the Dolphins. Yeah. <laughs> if you'd given Dan Campbell two seasons to build a team, would it be better than the one that's there now? Be better than Joe Philbin, I'll tell you that. Adam Gase. But I I still think if I, I still think if we had Brian Flores here, you know, I, I think and he's we still gone out and got Tyree Kill, I think we'd have we'd be a 12-13 win team. I think I think we are, even though for everything I've heard from people and I know and people around the team, it sounds like he was causing problems off the field. But at the same time, as cool as funny as Mike McDaniel is, he's half the coach that Brian Flores is. And I know I know two has improved, I know all this, but two hasn't been able to stay fit. And if I'm honest, the only good games have come against bad teams like the Texans, the Bears, a really bad and banged up Ravens secondary. So I'm not I think, you know, I I, I actually almost bought a Mammy Mike t shirt, but I actually asked for a refund because the last two weeks have been have been terrible. And um, yeah, I I just think that, but I, I do think Dan Campbell. I think that you know, I think everyone everyone loves him, but I think that you know, it's very rare you, you know, very rare you see a head coach featured on the Hard Knocks intro as much as he was. I think that shows how much of an integral part he is to the the culture and the the, the team that they got in the Troy. And I think I think everyone will be really happy for him if they are to make the playoffs. But I, I think, going back to the defensive play of the year, I think, for me, I think it's not even close. I think that Micah Parsons, I think, is in the nearest um, the nearest contender. I think that if TJ Watt played the whole year, I think he'd be a contender as well. I think they had a, I think they're six and two, seven and two with, with Watt, and then one and six, two and six without him. So I think he is also a contender if he'd played the whole year. But I think, for me, Nick Bosa has just been absolutely fantastic. Yeah, there are certain players who this season their season's been curtailed by injury a little bit. Um, but you know, with with a full season, I think we they've been absolute standouts, and then there'd be no question as to who who's won the awards. But yeah, yeah I a final thing on the Niners. Um, when it comes to the, I, I said earlier that they need a little bit of um, cover up wide out. I think it's uh, Riri Riri McLeod has stepped up. Um, but I'm really, really disappointed this season in Brandon Ayuk. Uh, I thought he was this was his breakout season. Um, I thought last year he looked like he just gelled really well with the offense. Uh, but this season, he's just you look at a player and you see a player that says there was the potential and there's the regression. There's that 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 one cut he didn't make. There's that not learning that last time he did that. You know the the pass got picked. Ayuk seems to have stalled, and that really disappoints me because he was, for me, probably the guy I thought would be the breakout player for the, the Niners this season. And I wonder whether or not him not playing at that level is the reason they felt they need to trade for McCaffrey at running back to try and give him more emphasis on the run game. 
I think, I mean, I'm looking at his stats now, he has got eight touchdowns and 956 yards from 74 receptions. I mean, he's tied for seventh when it comes to those touchdowns and he's not far off the 1,000 marks. I don't think he's been he's been that bad. And I think, actually, I think it's, he's actually improved since McCaffrey came in. I mean, looking at the game against the Rams, he got 81 yards in that game. Um, whereas since then he had he's had eighty four yards again. He's had a hundred and one yards against the Raiders, eighty one against the Commanders, sixty five against the Saints. So I think I think he's been pretty good. I, I think I've been pretty good. I think that um, I think he'll be more of a factor in the playoffs than McCaffrey. Cause I think McCaffrey's going to get double teamed in the playoffs, and I think that Ayuk maybe the guy that maybe has an OBJ like season where he does get those touchdowns where he is the third choice they're looking at. Um, but yeah, I think the 49ers for me, I think that they are a team that I think if, if, if I think Trey Lance has to be worried now, Trey Lance has to be because he, you know, they gave away all his picks for him and Brock Purdy actually has looked better. I think I actually did an article where I've said they think they may have accidentally found their guy without even meaning to. I mean, Brock Purdy was not even expected to throw a single snap this year. He's meant to be the third choice behind Garoppolo and Lance. Both got injured. So I think he's proved to be better. Yeah. He was Mr. Relevant, but you're absolutely right. He's just... And the thing is, he's not... He's coming and done what a rookie should do. He's just come in. He's not tried to do anything spectacular. You know, he got, he's tried to find his feet with the feet of the team. Uh, short dump-offs, Kettle, McCaffrey, you know, crossing routes to Ayuk, that kind of thing. He hasn't tried to kind of throw the bombs, which it was, you know, possibly uh, could have caused problems. Uh, and once he's got his confidence, he's just pushed a little bit further, a little bit further each game. He hasn't tried to do anything ridiculous. He hasn't tried to go, right, now I am the man. I am untouchable. Therefore, I'm going to start throwing, uh, you know, Baker Mayfield style 50 yard, 60 yard passes. He's just, yeah, he fits their, uh, he fits their mold better probably than anyone else at the moment. So and, uh, yeah, I can. They won't have to go to the market for a quarterback in the summer. Yeah, I mean it's it's interesting what they'll do because you know I think Garoppolo. I think you'd like that you you would think from this how Purdy's played, Garoppolo may well be exiting the door. But, I mean, what they do next year when when everyone's back, when Garoppolo and Lance are back fit, you've got a quarterback room of Garoppolo, Lance, and Purdy. What do they do? Do they, if do they stick with Purdy, especially if they go on and win you the don't, thing? You're not going to have a quarterback room of. Garoppolo, Lance and Purdy, you're going to have a quarterback room with Lance and Purdy. Garoppolo is gone. That There is no question in my mind that he is out of there. Uh, yeah, there's I nothing mean... left for him in San Francisco. And I think they, they kept him this year because they absolutely had no choice. They didn't think Purdy was ready to start. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Purdy proved them wrong. So, yeah. you know, now that he's done that, and they're like, well, we got two guys on rookie contracts and we got who we pay like $25 million a year to. It's going to be a no-brainer for them just to let him go. Yeah, I think especially with, and the amount of teams that do need to call back. I mean, the Jets want will want to call back. You'd think, even though they've come out recently, the GM Drew Douglas said they're not shopping Zach Wilson, but you know the the Panthers might want Zach one. Wilson is done. Oh, Zach, Zach Wilson, Wilson is, is done, done in New York. He is. Probably, I think he might be generally the worst starting quarterback I've seen in the last five years. I don't think I've seen a, this bad a starting quarterback since Josh Rosen. I really don't think I've seen a bad one as that. I was about to say, you know, the last five years, have you forgotten Josh Rosen? <laughs> no, Josh, <laughs> Josh Rosen is, is, is the biggest modern-day bust. I think he's more of a bust than, than Banzel, to be honest. But um, Wow, yeah. that is saying something, yeah. Because I think... 
I think I just think that um, with Rosen, I think the comments he was saying about there was nine mistakes made ahead of me and all the the chosen Rosen tag he had and how good he was at UCLA. I think that and how he saw perform where he's just I didn't really see this Twitter where his his profile pictures him at the draft his first of all his cover photo is him. I think he he's got. I'm gonna look. I've forgotten what the order is now. I know. Looking at, I'm gonna get his Twitter up now because it's quite quite amusing. Um, get it up. So, I know his Twitter page. So where is it? Josh Rosen. Where are you? Um, ah, here we are. Yeah. So his picture, his profile picture is him at the draft. His cover photo is him as a dolphin, and his tag says "Quarterback Cleveland Browns." <laughs> it's just it's a amusing <laughs> Twitter page. He's just he just got. I don't know what he's even doing. I mean, his last tweet came in was a re was a retweet in March 2021. Um, his last actual tweet where he's saying something is June 2020. So I think he really has gone off the radar, and I think it is one of the crazier. Um, Will we have him in the XFL this year? I I think it, it, it's coming. I think so. I think it. I think he will play in the XFL. Will just be a literally a career backup his whole career. Well, he's not, not even a backup, like third choice quarterback. It really has been, it's been one of the worst quarterback stories I've seen really in a while. Um, but we will move on to our game, which will be will be over by the time this podcast is released or on YouTube, wherever you're watching this. Um, as the Bengals play the Bills, um, I think this is me. This is going to be a great game. I think that. Both offenses are flying, and I think defensively, I just think that the Bengals have a bit more at the moment. I think the Bills have been a bit, their secondary has been a bit dodgy lately. But how mm-hmm. are you seeing this game ahead of it tonight? Uh, I I really want to say that this is a, a, a simple win for the Bills, um, but 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 this is the Bengals and. The problem the Bengals have this season is their run game. Joe Mixon was really hyped this year because last year he had such a good year. Um, but they have not got their run game going at all. Um, I mean, it showed when uh, Mixon was out for a couple of weeks and Samashi Perrine took over. And you didn't see... Perrine got good numbers, but you didn't see like a massive improvement in the run game. Uh, you still saw Burrow having to air it out regularly to uh, to T. Higgins uh, and when he's fit, Jamar Chase. Uh, and the Bengals, for me, have probably still got... They've got a much better wide receiving core from the Bills. That's what lets the Bills down, is that Stephon Diggs is not 100% this year. Gabe Davis is 95-yard touchdown or nothing. Uh, Isaiah McKenzie <laughs> is... He's in the slot sometimes, occasionally. I don't know. Uh, and then you're, you're left with like Dawson Knox to uh, to pick up the short yardage from tight end. Uh, and that puts so much pressure on Josh Allen which, you know, you need to balance that out. If you want to win the Super Bowl, your quarterback needs to be more... He, he needs to be not the guy that's doing everything. And I think other players in that team... Diggs, obviously, has fallen off a cliff the last couple of weeks. He's been injured, I know, but even when he's played, he hasn't looked like his old self. So something's going on there. Um, He needs to find that form back quick before the playoffs or the Bills could go one and done. Yeah, and Diggs, if you are listening to this podcast, um, just you know, I am relying on you tonight in fantasy football. So just please, just eat, just 
McDermott just target Diggs in the first half, give him four, 30 passive targets, pa- pass every ball to him, give him the points, and then you can do what you want second half. But um, yeah, Diggs, I need you. And I Burrow, I need in the action, but I'm against Burrow as well. So I need Burrow to not perform, which I would love for many reasons. But um, yeah, I just don't want Burrow to get the points. Um, but that is the end of our week 17 review. So first of all, thank you, Steve, for coming on. You're very welcome. And of course, um, I say you can catch us on our normal podcast, but we haven't done that in so long. Um, there's no point mentioning that, really. But you can still catch Steve on his Twitter. He will be mentioned. I will put his profile on the tweet when you get this podcast released. And of course, if you're on YouTube as well, um, it's at Watoti, which is W A T O T E. Um, so you can find them on there, and you can find our podcast if we ever go back to recording them. It's um, at Hair Dry Treatment Podcast, and you can find that on all Spotify and Apple Podcast networks. This ha- a, but this has been the Week 17 review. I've been Andy. This has been Steve, and we will see you guys next time. Bye.